Hi, I'm Danny Williams, Bethany, class of 1981, and you're watching Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, Denny Williams, class of 1981. Denny's going to tell us everything from winning a PAC title in 1980 with, with the football team under Coach Don Alt. A lot of things about his experiences and, and life of what Don Alt taught him and where Denny is now. Uh, but without further ado, it's not my job to tell Denny's story. That's his job. So, Denny Williams. You want to know by now. You want to know by now. You want to know by now. You want to know. You want to know. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, Denny Williams, class of 1981. Denny's going to tell us everything about how he got to Bethany, why he came to Bethany, some exciting things that happened while he was at Bethany, <clears throat> PAC champion in 1980. Um, and everything, we'll take a break, come back, everything since comps that connect all of us all the way through to the end of the episode. Um, Denny, thank you for being with us. Great to be here, Carla. Let's, uh, let's find out. So how did you get to Bethany, West Virginia? Well, it wasn't a long journey for me, Carlo. I'm a local Brook County boy. Went to Brook High School, uh, been in Brook County most of my life, and, um, and was really uh, a late decision to actually come to Bethany. Um, so much of my life uh, at that point in time was uh, football. And uh, I had been uh, involved with a fairly successful program at Brook High School. Um, and, uh, and, and had a couple good years while I was there and was recruited by some of, you, some of the D1 schools, notably WVU. And I really thought I was on a path to go to West Virginia. I, I actually sat in Bobby Bowden's office my junior year for a unofficial recruiting visit. And, and it was like, Danny, we can't wait to get you down here. Well, the next year, Bobby leaves and goes to Florida State. And uh, the new guy comes in and he wasn't quite as excited about me as, as Bobby. <laughs> And so I went through my senior year, got some nice accolades, but West Virginia really just kind of strung me along. And uh, at, at, at some point they said, look, we'd like you to be a walk-on. But I really didn't get that feeling that they really wanted me. Okay. Um, okay. It was just going to be kind of, you know, hey, come on down, let's see if you work out. Um, and I wasn't sure I really wanted to go that route. Um, and at that time, I had a couple small schools, you know, Fairmont State, West Liberty, a Bethany, and a couple other regional schools. And uh, one day Coach Alt came to Brook High School and he said, Denny, why don't you just come to Bethany? And uh, Don was one of those people that uh, I, I like to say he was one of the best recruiters for the school, not just for the football team, but for anybody. Um, I, I think he probably got more people into Bethany than just about anybody. Uh, not all of them stayed maybe, uh, not all of them finished their football career, but Don had a way of convincing you that he wanted you, and he convinced me. So uh, the great news is it worked out. And what was that ability that he had? What was that he made you feel like when he was talking to you, you were the most important person in the room at the time? Or, or what was it about him that got you? Exactly. Sold? Yeah, exactly. He had a way of, uh, you know, he was a pretty uh, a smooth guy, I, I'll, I'll say, and and he, he's good in person, and, and he just made you feel like, you know, the best thing in the world for you is to come to Bethany. And, you know, Don, uh, I can remember, I'll tell you this story. We, we got there as freshmen, and, and we uh, 
made, you know, had our first game was a away game. So you, you were trying to wait and see if you had the, made the travel team. Uh, and of course, not everybody got to go. A lot of freshmen didn't get to go. And they put your name up on the on the board as you walk out to practice if you're on the on the travel team. Well, you know, my name was on. I went out. But there was a number of guys that didn't make the travel team. So after practice, he called them all over and he said, he said, guys, you know, I'm really disappointed. We can't take everybody. He says, you guys are probably disappointed. He goes, some of you probably don't even think I know your name. And he goes, well, I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of guys kind of got their, their, their key to the, uh, the length of their football career at Bethany kind of from those kind of meetings. But, but Don, once, once you were on his, uh, his team, so to speak, um, he, he was probably nobody better to play for anywhere. So what was Bethany like when you got to, when you got here? You know, I, I, I can't speak to, uh, you know, a lot of times prior to me and a lot of times past, but I, I kind of get the feeling it was like the heyday of Bethany. Um, you know, there's probably some great experiences before and since, but my time there is, I, I think was uh, as good as any. Um, the school probably at that time, Carlo, had pushing a thousand students. So campus was busy. Uh, there was a lot going on. Um, you know, the Greek life there at that time uh, was, was very, very much the way most students went. I, I want to say 80% of the school went Greek, you know, back in those days. Um, and, and, it, and it was just a, a really neat place, even though it was a small school. Um, you, you kind of got to a point where it was like your town and uh, and it was just one of those things that you know I guess compared to today people, the young people and the students don't relate to it as much just because it's so different. So academically what was are there any professors that stand out in your mind and what was your major when you came to Bethany? Well I was a political science major uh, also had a, uh, a minor in history and I ended up coming back to Bethany as a graduate assistant the year after I graduated and got an education degree. Um, so I, uh, I ended up kind of looking at a couple different things when I first came in. Uh, actually looked at uh, journalism for a while, mass communications. Um, finally kind of had this thought in my head, I might want to go to law school. Mm -hmm. uh, a number of my, uh, my roommates, uh, was on that track and, uh, and a number of them are attorneys today, but I kind of figured out, I don't know if that's the direction I wanna go, um, kind of late at Bethany, but it, it got me on a track to get an education degree and maybe get into teaching and coaching. Some of the professors at the time uh, in the department, Dr. William Young, Bill Young uh, was very instrumental in, in kind of leading me in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, Della Sheldon was the department chair at the time. Um, there was a number of other great professors that, uh, that I was exposed to in other uh, specialties. Um, Dr. Kenny was faculty advisor at the Beta House. I, I pledged Beta uh, my freshman year and Dr. Kenny was you know, just super person to be around and, and kind of guide and direct us in the ways we needed to go when maybe he thought we weren't going in, in that good direction, so. So you bring up that you 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 ran you rushed beta uh, and you are a beta. So why was beta where you felt at home, for uh, Greek wise? Right. Well, there was a number of guys in the circle that I was running with as freshmen. We you know we were all together in Moreland Hall. That's where the freshman men lived back then. And uh, a number of guys played football. There was a number of upperclassmen betas who were football players. Um, there you know I almost played Sigma Nu. 
There was a number of football players uh, that were Sigma News. We had some other, you know, guys on the team, Alpha Sigs. Uh, we had a number of independents, but it was kind of that football connection with those people. And uh, probably what swayed it was most of the guys that were in my circle, uh, the freshman guys that I figured I'm going to spend the next three and a half years with these people that are kind of my closest friends and, and they were going beta. So I did. So rush for those, cause this, the, as we're recording this, it's bid day for, for the college and, the, and they do that in the fall. Now, when I was here, it was a springtime rush was formal rush. Um, were you, was it formal rush in the fall or, or did you wait, you have the semester to get your bearings and then into it you went as a, as a second semester freshman no no rush happened your freshman uh, fall semester okay so all of the social events all the rush events around campus was going on pretty much as soon as you got there uh and then uh, bid day was uh, second semester in the spring right after you got back to school so let's talk about we talked you touched on the football thing a couple times uh and it's, it's a pretty successful group that, that you were a part of um let's talk about the 1980 team sure um for those who don't know that's the year that bethany won, a, won its pac title in football um i believe the game was against w and j and it was a last second victory uh there was a picture that used to hang in the bar of the i think it was a pass to a tight end and down the sideline he went um yeah so yeah Walk us through the, the championship game. And actually, let's go. How did we get to that point? Yeah, um, kind of build it up. You know, we my first two years at Bethany, um, in, in terms of wins and losses, we kind of struggled. Um, we, we'd only won two games my freshman year and, and two my sophomore year. But about the second game our sophomore year, a uh, coach made a, 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 coach, a player change at quarterback, went with uh, Jeff Beer, who was a sophomore. Jeff kind of a raw talent, had a super strong arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were kind of a three yards and a cloud of dust offense up to that time. And, and we really just had trouble scoring. We always had good defense and they kept us in the game, but we, we typically struggled uh, to put points on the board. And coach all came out about that third practice, our sophomore year, he kind of tore up the playbook. He, he put us out there, four wide receivers, a fullback, and a quarterback, and we did seven-on-seven seven drills at practice that night, and he put in a brand-new offense in about a day and a half. And the next week, we went out, and uh, and we we scored like crazy, and, and we actually won. Which is uh, abnormal. That offensive formation for 1980 is not something that teams, especially I'm guessing in the conference, that's not something they were used to seeing. That, that's correct, Carlo, and not even in the conference, really in all of football. Um, the, the only team I remember at the time who was doing anything close to that at the D1 level was Houston, University of Houston. Okay. And they would spread the field and, and throw the ball around like that. And I think what Don realized was, you know, he, he had a, a guy that could, that could throw it. Uh, he had a good offensive line that could pass protect. And he had about four or five guys who he could count on that could catch the football. And, uh, and I give Don credit, you know, he was always this kind of Woody Hayes, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to run it down your throat. He used to say, you know, I only want you to run three yards and uh, fall down. 
And then he'd say, do that four times and we got a first down, you know, so we'd all be laughing, and, you know, and, and Don kind of came away from that. And I think he looked at his team and said, this is the way to go. And our junior year, we had a great senior leadership core uh, of guys and we just kind of turned the corner and, uh, and we went six and two that year. We only played eight games. Um, we were always pressing the administration to get us, you know, nine games, 10 games. Um, but those guys um, that were our captains, uh, Doug Owens, uh, Rick Villani, John Trishler, and Jeff Severino, those guys kind of brought us all together. Um, they made an effort that it didn't matter what fraternity you were in. Before you were in a fraternity, you were in Coach Alt's fraternity. Um, and it really built a, a solid team atmosphere in the locker room. Uh, and I think that that class deserves a lot of, you know, turning us into somebody who expected to win. Mm -hmm. And so when we went into that next year, we went undefeated regular season, went nine and zero, and we really did walk on the field expecting to win. And and Coach Alt kind of changed that culture from somebody who who wasn't sure I'm going to win to uh, I, I expect to win. So walk us through the, the, the game, the game that seals it. Well, the, the game you're talking about, Carlo, it was the, the big last second touchdown pass where you see the picture in, in, in Bubba's uh, was actually Carnegie Mellon. Uh, they were uh, the best uh, elite team in the conference at the time. They'd been to a couple uh, national playoff games. I think they actually made it to the semifinals one year. Um, at that time, we were undefeated. They were undefeated. It didn't seal the conference championship, but it was like you know you got to win this one if you if you are, and uh, and it was a it was a slugfest. I want to say there was six to seven thousand people at, at Bethany for that game. There there was standing room only, um, and it was a, a great almost a defensive battle, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, you know, they were throwing all kinds of defenses. I was getting triple team most of the game. Uh, they had a guy uh, who practiced all week long with my number 86, and they said, beat the heck out of this guy so he can't catch anything. Um, and we got late in the game, and it was like fourth and, I don't know, 17, and Dale Grosso, who was our other wide receiver, one of our other wide receivers, uh, Dale on fourth down, I think we were on our own, 20 yard line um fourth down jeff throws him a pass he he catches it gets a first down makes makes maybe the better catch of the day to get that first down and and at that point there might be 12 seconds to go in the game on our own 45 mm -hmm. and uh we we did the old hail mary and uh dale grosso again came down with it in the right corner of the end zone and uh and it was a shocker. The, the neat story is there was a guy who was the um, voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates back, back in the day. Uh, they called him the Gunner. Uh, and, and he was also the uh, voice of CMU football. Okay. It was Bob Prince. And so Bob Prince did all these pirate games. We, we grew up watching the Pirates and Bob Prince comes down and at the end of the game, after we lost the lead and there was only, you know, hardly any time left, he had to get up uh, to Pittsburgh for a, an engagement and he signed off and, and, and actually kind of just left it as CMU wins. But the and game's not he, over. He's out. The game's not over. Yeah, the game's not over. And then, you know, of course, 
we, you know, Dale makes the catch, we win. Uh, and they, the team goes back to Pittsburgh, gets off the bus, and there's actually people at Carnegie Mellon cheering them as they get off the bus that they had won the game. You know, there's no cell phones back then. There's no email. And, and they said, all folks, no, we, we lost. Um, so it was, it was a huge thing to, to beat those guys. They beat us every year until that year. Um, and then we just ran the table the rest of the year and went undefeated. And uh, I'd say, I think we clinched the, the PAC championship with a victory against WNJ at WNJ. And that was still just for, for tradition's sake. Was that still the old put them in the well, whoever wins the other coach wheelbarrow, the wheelbarrow game, right? They put coach Alt in the wheelbarrow and they took him across yeah. the field. And yes, yes. Except that that game, there was a fight. We got in a fight with the WJ guys on their sideline and they wouldn't let us do that. They kept us separated. So it was kind of uh, we, we kind of didn't get to do that or at least like that we did in the old days. Well, so that looks like it's a good point for us to take a pause. We're going to take a, take a minute, send it to Harry Chambers and Chambers General Store, because if you if Chambers doesn't have it, you don't need it. If you've been to Bethany and you didn't go to Chambers, I don't know how you did it. You, you have to explain your, your mysterious driving skills because you had to have driven past it. Um, but make sure if you are in town, you stop and get a breakfast sandwich, daily lunch specials. As we get into November, the soups, there's going to be a soup of the day. Uh, he's got biscuits and gravy now. And as the statement earlier said, if you, if you, if he doesn't have it, you really don't need it because Chambers has everything you can think of. Uh, this is Denny Williams, class of 1981. I'm Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour, and we'll be right back. While you're in Bethany, make sure you stop in the store for a daily lunch special, breakfast sandwiches all day, try out the biscuits and gravy, guaranteed it'll fill you up, and also look for our new burnt orange chambers, if we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts, and our psychedelic green third edition Bethany mushroom capital of the world t-shirts. Now back to you, Dingo. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest, Denny Williams, class of 1981. Uh, Denny left off. We had just finished talking about that 1980 season, the PAC Championship game. Uh, now we're going to talk about the thing that connects us all as an alumni. Comps, were you a fall or winter or spring comper? Uh, I was a winter comper, uh, Carlo. Uh, decided that... Uh... You know, that was the best way to go for me. Had all of my requirements done. Uh, so I decided to do uh, the comps in the winter term and then uh, save my senior project for the spring term. Uh, so studying-wise, you obviously had a very exciting fall. Study-wise, when did you start to study for, for your winter comps? And what were some of your studying tactics? Well, you know, at that point in time, we had a January term, right? And, and so you had the whole month of January off. And what a number of us did who, uh, you know, we were kind of the same major. And then there was a number of guys who were maybe a different major, maybe the economics business people, uh, you know, maybe the English people, you know, whatever your specialty was, uh, they would all get together and, um, and kind of do a, a group study. Uh, we typically, you know, we lived there at the beta house. We'd study in the morning kind of independently on our own. We'd get something to eat for lunch. And then in the afternoon, we'd 
we'd get together and kind of grill each other, kind of have a, a back and forth, you know, question and answer time where we try to prepare each other, you know, for both the written piece of it. And then, you know, we were, we were thinking, oh gosh, you know, how are we going to get through orals? How intimidating is that going to be? So we tried to kind of prepare ourselves as best we could to, you know, to deal with that in, in that environment. Was there a point where, and I, I, I've, I've asked a couple alumni this, and, and we all have our different ways. I remember a point where Saturday, two days before you go into your, your writtens, and I, I was studying halfway through the day, and I, I looked at a bunch of stuff, and it was stuff that I knew for the communications degree, but it wasn't coming to me. And I basically got up and said, well, if I don't know it, then I don't know it. And out the door I went, and the rest of would that be advice that you would give to people that, that are studying is don't study, but don't overstudy? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say going into it, you know, I think most of us looked at it in a way that it was uh, maybe a bigger deal than, than what it really was. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you were the kind of student that, you know, had any kind of, uh, you know, sincerity about why you're at college and, and performed as a student or student athlete in any way, um, you would, you would do okay. Most of the people that went before me, you know, counseled me, say, Hey, look, take good notes, keep your notes. You know, you need to have a general understanding across your specialty about, mm -hmm. you know, what it is you've learned here. And if, and if you can do that, you're going to pass your comps. Now, the difference comes in where, you know, if you want to pass with distinction, well, then, you know, that's a different story. I didn't have that problem. <laughs> I did not either. I was, the pass was the, was the key phrase. Yeah, my, um, my, my writtens went okay. You know, I think I did really, you know, well enough to do on my writtens that I was going to pass. Mm -hmm. And, but there was probably not a lot I could do in the orals that would get me distinction. So um, I ended up going into my orals, you know, kind of uh, thinking to myself, oh boy, what's this going to be like? And then, when I got in there, I got, I got some questions that, Hey, I, I can answer that. And, uh, and it did cause me to go back, you know, you know, maybe to something I had when I was a sophomore or a junior, um, and, and be able to, you know, kind of express and communicate what that was and, and how I retained it. Um, so for me, maybe it wasn't quite as intimidating. Once I got in there, I, I kind of got the feeling that, Hey, I got this, but distinction is not in my future, you know? <laughs> So was, so when you finished comps, were you already after the change or did you have to wait for the letter from the registrar that said you, you officially passed? Cause I know, I'm not sure when that change took place. I know Gary Kappel and Ken Morgan both talked about how they had, there was no celebration after you walked out of worlds. They had yeah. to wait for the registrar to send them an official letter. Is that how it was? No, no, we found out right away. Uh, so once, you know, once we walked out, there was a, 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 a period of time where I guess they all kind of talked it over. Then we found out, you know, pretty much right, right after our, our orals that we passed or failed. So yeah, it was usually there was some friends and, and, and folks there waiting for you with a, uh, a libation to celebrate. So <laughs> Um, so you brought up in the first part how you, when you graduated, you actually came back and did a, you, or a graduate assistant. So you were working towards your master's here at Bethany? 
Um, actually, it was an, uh, an education degree, not a master's of education. Okay. okay. It, it, it was, I actually did my student teaching in the fall of 1981 at Wheeling Park High School. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, was preparing myself, hey, I think I'm going to go into an education career. Uh, I never kind of quite got there due to the, the, the availability of, you know, my specialty was not where really in a local environment. I kind of wanted to stay local around that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I was going to have to, you know, go away, um, maybe into a, a, a big urban center that, you know, was going to be my first job. And I, I really didn't want to do that. So uh, I ended up helping my father coach high school football and substitute teach, uh, substitute taught for a year. Um, and then um, I, um, I ended up taking a job at a local business in Wellsburg. Uh, and that's kind of what started my career in business. Uh, there's a manufacturing plant there right on Commerce Avenue. I believe it's called Mondi now, but it's a multi-wall bag plant. At that time, it was owned by Westvaco Corporation. And uh, Wes Faco came to Bethany one day and was um, interviewing uh, for a couple management positions there as, as kind of like a shift supervisor. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I graduated, my mother actually got a job there at Bethany. She was one of the administrative secretaries for John Cunningham. And my mother called me up one day and said, hey, I just signed you up for an interview at West Faco. And I said, what are you doing, mom? I, I, I'm not going to. <laughs> go that path. I got another path I'm on. And she convinced me that it was the right thing to do to practice interviewing. Okay. And so she talked me into it and I did it. And I walked out of there thinking, you know what, these people are going to offer me a job. Um, and the, uh, the management team there specifically wanted a Bethany grad or a couple Bethany grads. Um, they became impressed with the academics, you know, the, uh, the curriculum, um, I think the well-rounded person that comes out of Bethany and uh, fortunate for me, they, they decided, hey, we're, we're going to hire Williams. And I started my career in business as a shift foreman at that little bag plant in Wellsburg. Uh, and where did that career take you? Because you, you've, you've done quite well for yourself. Yeah, it, uh, I ended up working for that company for about 12 years in various sales, sales management uh, and management positions. Um, you know, in the corporate world after that, there was a lot of consolidation in our industry, worked for a large paper company and a packaging segment for that paper company. So I went through a number of mergers. Uh, the companies got bigger and bigger. And, uh, and I had some good opportunities in those, you know, companies down the road. Um, and it, uh, I was able to, you know, kind of capitalize on some experience I got through that upbringing at that little bag plant. And obviously, Bethany helped me tremendously in how I uh, interacted with people, how I was going to have to motivate people to do their jobs in a safe way, in a productive way. Uh, I never thought it was going to be, you know, the multi-wall bag business and then eventually the corrugated box business um, is how I would make my living. But uh, it's been a, a big blessing to me and I, I really wouldn't do it differently. Well, and so so this year you you were part of a a big announcement. Um, there was there's a new there's new turf on the field, and that new turf came with a, there's a price tag that comes with that. Um, your your video went out a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's probably a couple months ago now. Um, that the betas 
and and a lot of of your friends were going to match donations more or less for the upkeep the i mean obviously a part of the installation uh, but there's also big news for that 1980 football team uh, that we we have talked about a man who is now going to have his name on the field and and rightfully so uh, it's going to be called Don Field. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Be glad to, Carlo. Um, yes, the uh, the school needed to replace, you know, that uh, that turf that had been there a while and, and was is really kind of starting to almost become unsafe mm -hmm. for some of the some of the student athletes were going to have to play on it. So, uh, you know, it's a half a million dollars to to do this. Um, and the school really wanted to, you know, kind of make it happen and and you know, the bait has stepped up, you know, our side diamond uh, uh, development group where, uh, you know, we help out the, the local fraternity, but we also, you know, contribute to the college said, hey, this is something we can do. We're going to put this out here. And, and another one of our beta brothers, Scott Brooks, Scott was a senior when I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. Scott even came up with his own big donation uh, and matching. And I believe the company there locally, um, um, was also helping the school um, with a donation. So, you know, we're, we're kind of halfway there, I think, about where we want to be. So we're not done raising the funds yet, but I think to kind of motivate people that, uh, to give and, and maybe dig a little deeper um, and also honor, you know, in my opinion, you know, one of the greatest coaches at Bethany history, um, they decided to go ahead with the naming uh, for Coach Alt. Um, you know, we've had some some other great coaches there. You know, Bob Goyne, who we just lost this last year, was, a, was the guy who actually hired Don uh, to come to Bethany. Mm -hmm. Kind of a neat story with that is before Don was at Bethany, he was a very successful high school coach in Bel Air, Ohio. Uh, coached a, a guy named Mike Sherwood, who was a WVU quarterback. Mike was my freshman coach when I was at Bethany. Wow. Um, and, uh, but... But after Bel Air, Don was actually a coach at Marshall University. And, you know, that tragic uh, 1970 plane crash where, you know, those, those young men and that, that whole team lost their lives, Don left the year before that. So if Don would have stayed one more year at Marshall, he most likely would have been on that airplane and would have never been at Bethany. Um, so he, I didn't learn that until after I left Bethany and Don was sharing some things with me, but, uh, Bob Goyne was the coach at Bethany at the time, coaching mm -hmm. athletic director. Uh, and before, you know, before Bob passed away a few years ago, he said, Danny was the smartest thing I ever did. He said, I needed to find somebody who could coach defense. And, and uh, I never thought I could get Don to come here, but he did. So, so that leads me into, and you've, you've, you've touched on a couple of things. What would you tell your childhood self? Or do you, let me rephrase that. Do you think your childhood self would be proud of where you are right now? Or would he kind of laugh and go, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Hey, hey, Carlo, for a, for a, a young guy from Wellsburg, Fallensby, Brook County, West Virginia, to be where I'm at today, uh, I would have never dreamed that I've got to do some of the things I've got to do, go some of the places I've got to go, meet the people I've got to meet. You know, when I was at Bethany right after my career there, you know, I ended up uh, 
trying out with the Green Bay Packers, went to mini camp with the Green Bay Packers. So I got to experience, you know, the NFL out of little old Bethany, you know. Uh, what was that know, experience like? Um, it was uh, it was very, very much uh, awestruck by uh, by going through that whole whole process, being being on a field with the people you watched play on television the year before, you know, it's different. many of them, uh, many of them uh, pretty much men. And, uh, and I'm still kind of like a kid. Uh, it was, it was amazing. Uh, Bart Starr was the coach of the Packers at the time. Um, and uh, you know, my, uh, my claim to fame is I got released when John Jefferson was acquired by uh, Green Bay from the Chargers, and you know JJ was pretty good. So he was all right. He was an okay guy. He's okay. I don't player. feel too bad. You know. <laughs> um. So you pointed out all the way from Little Old Bethany, you made it there. So you're a Division three program. Why Division three? If you're talking to a senior in high school right now, and they're going through, maybe they're going through a similar experience where a coach left the program that they thought they were going to. They don't feel as welcomed by the new coaching staff what is it about division three that that is no different than the d1 d2 and the naia programs yeah um that's a great question carlo um there's a certain type of athlete who's a blue chip kid who's gonna go division one he's he's gonna be pretty much an nfl prospect the day he walks on a college campus mm -hmm. i was not i was not that guy Right. That was it. That was my dream. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, I I was I was not even in a position to convince, you know, West Virginia to, you know, kind of give me a scholarship and, and bring me on. So I'd encourage young people to evaluate, you know, what's that talent and gift that you have? If, if you've got it, you know, then man, go for it. Yeah. You know? But if, if you maybe aren't that type of athlete um, and you want to prepare for life. And you want to go someplace where you can be a student athlete. I, I think a school like Bethany and a D3 level is uh, very much the way to go. When, you, when you're at a D1 program, even back in the day when I was playing, football was a big part of your life. As a matter of job. fact, it was, it was, yes, it was your job and it consumed you. Well, guess what? In, in 2021, it's like times 10. You know, th these kids are football, football, football. And oh yeah, we gotta we gotta study for a test. Okay. I, I really I really don't wanna say they're not student athletes, but I, I just don't think it's the same as as you're gonna walk into a, a D3 school like Bethany and you're gonna get that education more importantly than you are, are you gonna play a sport, win a championship? You know, it, it's kind of a great, you know, balance to your life to say, look, it's it's time to prepare for something that's maybe not going to be my life's profession as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I just, I just think the quality of education you can get and to prepare you for, for going into another profession that you're probably more gifted at uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and you pointed out, you know, Bethany is a division three program. I, I'll tell you a funny story about this show. I've asked that question to many athletes throughout the 80 some episodes that we've done. Uh, the best answer that I've gotten is, well, why Division Three? Because Bethany's a Division Three school. So, uh, with that, why Bethany? If you're selling Bethany to a student right now, and and, and again, the liberal arts colleges as a whole are kind of they're they're all struggling 
to right. find their those students and a small school that's in the middle of nowhere you have right. not not very much um what is it about this place that really benefits a student from coming there yeah you know i i think it's very much the uh, the entire experience of of what bethany gives us mm -hmm. um the best way I can describe it, Carla, we're all shaped by something, right? We're shaped by things. You know, me personally, very much shaped by my family, very much shaped by my faith. You know, I got to Bethany. I was very much shaped by Don Alton Bison football, but I was also very much shaped by the people and faculty and administrators that surrounded me at Bethany. The one thing that impressed me when I got to Bethany was the, the caliber of the people that went to school there. I have to give a lot of credit that wherever I'm at today, I'm, I'm kind of there because I was around a lot of people who wanted to be something and go somewhere. And I tell you what, that rubs off. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and it really kind of motivated me, you know, to kind of do the same thing um, as best I could. And, and the other thing I think Bethany did is, you know, being a, a, a guy from Brook County, West Virginia, you know, I, I, I knew a little bit about the world. When I got to Bethany, I learned a lot more about the world. You know, um, I was very impressed by the, the connections Bethany had beyond Bethany. So I was able to see alumni who went and did this, who became this, um, you know, my roommate at Bethany, uh, is our former chairman of the board of trustees, Craig Jordan. You okay. know, Craig, and I, Craig and I are college roommates. Craig went on and did great things, building a big law firm. Big, you know, today he's a chief administrative officer at PNC Bank. There was a number of other guys who've gone on to great law careers, you know, military careers. And, and I was fortunate to be in a group of people that, that wanted to take advantage of their time at Bethany and then go on and do some really neat things, and and that rubs off. Um, and and a couple, you know, a couple people there also, you know, kind of befriended me, even though they were administrators. You know, that uh, that kind of, you know, you got to see what an adult life outside of college was actually all about. Yeah. Um, and say, you know what, you know, it's time to move on to that part of my life, and and use Bethany as kind of a a jumping off point to do that. Well, Denny, we've come to that part of the show. I mean, I, I, I want to thank you for, for stopping by and taking time out of your day to be with us. Um, I really enjoyed it. The Don Alt story. I did not know that he was from Marshall or that he, that he that's where he had come from before he got to Bethany. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people learned a lot of stuff and, and there's, there's more good things to come on the horizon here at, at our, our small college on the Hill. Um, well, I'm really looking forward to uh, being at homecoming here in a few weeks and uh, getting to getting to be with you and a lot of other Bethanians, but, you know, present and past. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great that we're all going to be able to be back in, in, in at home, as, 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 as I like to, to put out. Um, I am Carla Guadagnino. This is Denny Williams, class of 1981. Uh, make sure you follow us on YouTube. It's Dingo Talk. Follow us on Instagram. It's Dingo Talk or dingo underscore talk follow us on twitter that one's dingo talk and follow us on tiktok that is dingo talk as well so as long as you type in dingo talk you pretty much will find me talking to alumni like denny um 
It's been a pleasure. We'll see you Thursday at 10 a.m. Uh, this has been the Alumni Tour, and have a good day, Chuckleheads. You wanna know by now? You wanna know by now? You wanna know?